Yeah, I'm always surprised when people of my age and like my like interests and disciplines and whatnot don't know Homestar Runner because it, it was like feels like such a big part of what we did. It was such a big part of like my existence. Yeah, yeah. And it was so popular at that time that I, I thought it was, like I was I was ta- I was playing games with people and someone asked a really dumb question. Mm-hmm. And whenever anybody says that. I always like put on the strong bad voice and say, "Dear strong bad, how do you type with boxing gloves on?" And they all went, "What the fuck was that?" Right. And I went, has, "Has no one really ever seen Homestar Runner in this entire channel?" And someone went, "Oh yeah, right, and got it." But uh-huh. it's like, how do you not instantly know what that is? Ladies and gentlemen of the internet, this is the Game Engine Start podcast for the 22nd of May 2018. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. And you're listening to this podcast, obviously, for all the top news and coverage of the Royal Wedding that just happened. Of course. I did, um, my, did my research. I've got my do you, do you want list. To talk about, do you want to talk about the dress, Ewan? Because I, I mean, know that's what you're... We were all waiting uh, to see what it mm. was, uh, <laughs> and I liked that they had a they had a nice halter neck number. Like, they didn't go too much with the cleavage, which I thought was very classy, and I thought, like, the, the um, with her coming from Hollywood, I thought that would maybe be where the case was. But no, she kept it very, very classy, and it was very nice. Um, the only problem with setting up a bit like this is that you don't know that I actually know something about this. Well, that and the fact I didn't watch the Royal Wedding. <laughs> Yeah, could not give a fuck about the wrong one. <laughs> no, me neither. But like, as soon as you're I just thought un- it would be a funny bet, and then realised that I was in way too deep when you actually started talking about things to do with the royal wedding. The um, problem is, like, I was attached to Twitter for large chunks of that day, and just so much of the US seemed to care more than we did. They care more than we do. Yeah, that's and uh, just watching. I got. I very quickly got very sick of the fuck the royal wedding tweets. I was like, just let yeah. people have nice things and don't oh, care. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't actively hate it, but I just aggressively don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, it's... I think that's that's probably closer. Yes, I aggressively do yeah. not give a fuck. I think that's the thing. But not enough. Like I was having a conversation in work with people about it. Uh, someone said, "Did you watch for our wedding?" And I said, "No." And someone else said, "No." Also, what? And they said, I... "And I said, what was the dress like?" And he said, "It was white." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> great." Nice. Also, like, what are you going to watch? Like, there's nothing to watch. It's a wedding. I've been to a bunch of them. Like, yeah, but it's like it's. I think because it's like a royal thing. There's a whole big. But, and, like, but like, I'm trying to think what would happen if all of the weddings I'd been to before had BBC narration. And it's like... It'd probably make them more interesting. You think? I fucking hate weddings. Want, yeah. Maybe. Although, like, if you want to talk about BBC... Apparently there was... What I'm told, what I'm told is that there was some American pastor who was very good. Apparently, Apparently. he was very good. I did not see any of yeah. that stuff. Apparently he was great and exactly what they needed um, for that thing. But if you want to talk about BBC narration, I'm surprised you didn't lead with fucking Eurovision. Actually, was how where I assumed you were well, going to go with. <laughs> Yeah, because, well, the reason that I didn't talk about Eurovision is because we skipped a week and Eurovision got but we, outshined by but the people haven't, the Royal Vision. But people haven't heard our skewed take on Eurovision like they expect was, to on there this was some dumb. It's Eurovision, there was some dumb shit and there yeah. were some crappy ballads, that's about it. There was less dumb shit this year than other years, which was upsetting. I was, but yeah, that, 
the 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 quality was higher than it has been in a while, which is really depressing. Um, yeah, like it wasn't there was all... some good. There was some good crazy. Yeah, totally. I will there say that, there was that Dutch. There was that Dutch pirate guy, and there was the Czechoslovakian hipster that was yeah. all pretty good. The Moldovan clones that walked through the yeah, doors the and stuff. Clones. Obviously, that... the Israeli winner who was a bit mental. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it was kind of all over the shop, and um, I I don't know. I just really enjoy watching it. I just enjoy seeing how I like watching it. Yeah, but like when you when you've heard like your third ballad in the role, you're like, come on, I just need some fucking. But that's why we get it lucky because we've got Graham Norton doing our commentary, and he does not give that's a true. fuck, and it's yeah, great. Um, it's so good. That is true. He's he is very good at his job. Um, but yeah, I quite liked the Moldovan one, and I thought they were robbed. But we can move on from there. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know how I felt about this year. I, I just, I just, I really do only care about the crazy, and there just wasn't enough of it. I did so, like I, I, Dutch Pirate was good. I like Dutch that. Pirates were good. Was, yeah, but like, were, oh, what, there was the there was the Norwegian skanking cowboy as well, or whatever it was. That was oh, right, great. yeah, the thing that the, I forgot about him. Yes, I'd forgotten about that. What what kind of setting were you watching it in? Were you just at home or were you with people? I was people? at home, yeah. Okay, right. No, I was, just, I was just at home. Okay. I don't have people that fucking get together and watch Eurovision. That's not no. really my... Me neither. We just... Although I did, I, I was watching it at home and I went up to go and close my window and saw that there were three other rooms across the way from me with their windows open watching Eurovision. We I was had, like, oh, yep. it's weird unifying feature of humanity we had something very similar where we we rolled up our our blinds and across the across the street from us there was quite clearly a party that was happening while they were watching and it was while the the pirate dudes were on and every single person Mm. in that place was like fucking headbanging and everything it was ridiculous yeah it's fucking great it was great but but it was really cool to see like and also you could see that like we were watching it streaming, so they were like a couple. They were like three seconds ahead of us, so you could see they were completely out of time. But you know, it's always fun. To, always fun to see. But yeah, it, it, it's always good when you there's those things that you there's at least a common talking point. Um, yeah. For a while, you can just be like, "Yes, of course, I watched it. It was stupid." Did you see Eurovision? Yes. Did you see that one thing? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh man, I don't it's, know. It is a stupid fucking thing. Let's just go back to us. Just go talking about video games again. Yeah, this it's is... easier and distinctly less silly. So, what what have you been yeah. up to this week or the last couple of weeks? Um, last couple of weeks. Well, it's kind of all been um, Pillars of Eternity two. That's kind mm. of been my entire yeah. deal for two weeks. Video on the site this week about your your experiences Appar- with apparently, that. Apparently, yeah, yeah. It's but okay, that it will be. Yeah. Um, I've currently spent a day playing that game, an entire day, like twenty four hours in that game. Yep, twenty four hours on Steam. Apparently, um, how are you, like how do you have an idea of like how much you've got left to finish the? Main oh God, thing? I've got no idea. The, my save file still says I'm in Act Two, and I don't know how many acts I have. So, right, uh, I don't know. Could so be anyone. I've 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 heard it's like pretty long, but I don't know for a fact. Right. Although I've done the thing where I'm like. I think I had like the fourth main storyline quest and then just went fuck this and just decided to go across the world. So right. I don't know what's going to happen when I eventually get back to the story. So you just ditched the game story has level scaling, so I don't know if I'm just right. going to be massively overpowered and just going to stop through everything, but 
we'll see i guess that's also fun um, like i mean the, the thing you'll see when we when we put the video up but the fact that you've already kind of broken chunks of that game with your, yeah. build, your character builds like the idea yeah. that you could then be over leveled is really funny as well as yeah instead of two shot and things just one shot everything that's going to be great mm. um so yeah pillars of 32 uh dead fire i guess is the sub dead fire yeah. um because it's set in the dead fires um is a direct sequel to Pillars of Eternity 1, a game that I loved when it came out, um, for just being that very traditionally rooted CRPG, but like, it not changed it massively like Divinity does, but instead just kind of refined the ideas that they put out initially. Sure. Um, mainly by explaining everything and having everything be plain and understandable, which is a problem that really old CRPGs had because they were all based on really old D&D books that didn't explain how anything. Like, look up fucking Thaco if you want to look at how dumb right. D&D yep. was back in the day. Um, but this lays everything out with completely, like, readable text and the highlightable items and, every, like, it's all plain as day. This um, is Obsidian, right? Yep, Obsidian. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. So they have some, ped- they have some pedigree in this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've, they've made some good RPGs in their day. Um mm. And when I said direct sequel, it's like a direct sequel. Like the game starts with basically the ending of Pillars of Eternity 1. And then it tells you that like a couple of years pass and then this game happens. So it's very much like in line with what everything happens. Ah, and sure. Like I'm not going to spoil the story, but I, I need to talk like a little bit about it. Sure. To kind of get the idea like at the very start of it. Basically, like at the very start of it, you you play as the Watcher, as this guy who can see into people's souls and like learn about their past life and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And at the start of the game, you get your soul taken away by this reincarnated god, um, who's now charging through the Deadfire Archipelago. And the game starts with you going and having a conversation with all the rest of the gods in the pantheon. Um, right. Which, if you know Pillars of Eternity 1, is a really interesting idea, um, which I'll talk more about in Game of the Year stuff, but right. it's a really interesting idea. But you end up like at a table with, a, like, with one god specifically, but you end up talking to more over the course of the game. And they say, yeah, we need to figure out why this god's kind of gone rogue, so we're sending you back um, to go get your soul. Go figure out what he's doing, because we have no idea. Um... And the interesting thing about that was that you have a conversation at the very beginning uh, with a god called Bereth, who is like the god of death and reincarnation. She deals in the the concept of the wheel, which is like when your soul dies, it goes back to the wheel to be reincarnated right, through right, right. Bereth's magic. And you sit and have a conversation with her. Now, at the end of my game of Pillars of Eternity 1, I kind of pissed Bereth off because I got scared and... She, she said like go go do this thing and when you do the thing there'll be a bunch of souls that get released make sure they all go back to the wheel um so that i can do my job and i was like yep sure that sounds like a great idea and then i got there and learned a whole bunch of new things and went no nah, i'm not gonna send these souls back to the wheel i'm gonna go put them back in the bodies that they deserve to be in as opposed right, to go back right. to the wheel so when i sat down with bereth she was fucking pissed at me i'm sure and was like, and it came up with this whole set of unique text, unique text that was just kind of like, yeah, you said you were going to help me, and you did the exact opposite of what we asked you to do. Um, this isn't going to go well for you. And she will randomly have conversations with me and curse me and stuff like that. It's 
So it's does a this weird thing? So does this directly like import saves from the last game? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Okay, yep. I didn't I didn't know that because okay. your 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 choices directly matter to this thing. But um, you have but you have a new character and stuff, right? You can change what your character was, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so you can make an entirely new thing. But the so leads me into perfectly what they've done new for the character creation, which is multi-classing. Right. Um, so you instead of having one class can have two classes, which means you'll never hit the the pinnacle of one class, but you'll have skills in both. Right. Um, you'll also level technically. You'll technically level slower. Like there are points at which your it's called power level jumps up, which allows you to learn skills of a higher level. Sure. That happens slower if you multi-class because you're feeding you points into two more. classes. Is yeah. That why? Right. Yeah. Because you because you but you do have more skills to pick from at earlier levels. Makes sense. Um. So because I've played really old games, I understand that multi-classing is one very potent and two infinitely breakable um so i instantly went okay let's do something that i know works from other games which is a monk that has a bunch of wizard spells that mitigate damage um, sure sure enough totally works in this game and means that you can make someone who will two shot people and can never be hit right the downside of that is if you do get hit you're fucking dead like you're just gone if you get hit once but they'll probably never hit you, so it's fine. Uh, it's hilarious. It's great. I love the fact that that exists, and it means that because you can multi-class, and every class now has like subclasses you can pick from that give you different specializations and different unique combat things, there are so many possibilities for classes. Like I've thought of like four or five different things that I want to go back and try now just right. to see if it can work and how it can work. Like my my favorite idea I've got so far is there's a there's a fighter subclass called Black Jacket, which is you have you get benefits by swapping weapon sets. So you have like three three like basically weapon layouts. So you can have like a sword and shield one or a two handed sword one or a sword and mace one. It's basically so that you can do the if you come up against someone who's resistant against slashing damage, your other set You've got can the other be like damage a there. weapon. Yeah, yeah exactly. But black jackets get a bonus for swapping weapons a lot, and there's a bunch of feats you can take that means swapping weapons are faster. So my idea is just to have a fighter black jacket who has a bunch of pistols that you can huh. just sit and flick between really quickly, and so, he eventually will. So it's so it's very much like how pirates used to do it, where you have this bracer. And you just like fire drop, fire drop, fire drop. Yeah, I was going to say. Hopefully, everybody's dead. When you say you have a bunch of pistols, that's more than two. Like, so do you just have a, yeah, like a, so literally have, a bandolier of pistols? Yeah, if you if you you can dual wield pistols, so that's two pistols, and if you have three item sets, that's six pistols. So you can go oh, right. fire fire swap weapon set fire fire swap weapon set fire fire. But in the meantime, also have other things to do with like your unique combat. Um, mechanics and stuff like that like the, sure. the unique things you can spend based on your class that sounds really fun and dumb and interesting good at least which is some... great because it means that you can then go back and try all this different stuff sure um so it's not just you in these games you typically go back to like see how your different choices play out or to play on like a higher difficulty mm-hmm. i want to see how the choices play out because there are some really interesting choices in this game cool. but going back and just trying a bunch of really dumb shit sounds <laughs> awesome to me um, and you said like I, I think you uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said this when we did the video that you can respec at any point, right? So that yeah, if you do discover you to, that you're... you can go to any tavern and pay, I think it's like 750 gold, 
and you get all your all your skill points go back and you can respec it however you want. Every game needs to do this. I said this in the video. Every game that allows you to do character builds and like picking things at different levels needs to allow you to do respecs at any point that you want. Yeah. Put a fee on it, do something, whatever you want to do it, just make sure it's there because people will fuck up. Especially in a game that people don't know what they're doing. Right. People will make mistakes and want to go back and change stuff. Um and encourages experimentation, which is kind of what I like in these games, is just yeah, trying stuff and seeing what you can break. And yeah, that kind of feels like half the half the fun of it is just experimenting with these builds and seeing what you can do with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, sure. So the other thing I love about this is not only because it's a CRPG that I love it, but because it's almost wholly entirely pirate themed. Uh, right, of course. You get a ship very early on, and they give you a Sid Meier's pirate style open world. Um, Caribbean style set of arch- archipelago, so set of islands um, to go through at your will and just explore and you can get into ship-to-ship combat, you can go and find hidden treasure on islands, you can, all the things that you would want to be able to do as a pirate, you can do in this game and it's fucking awesome it's so much fun, like it's just just sailing around and getting into weird role-play based ship-to-ship combat and finding wee hidden isles that you haven't found forever and then you go on the island and there's like strange native pillars and stuff that can do like i went on an island and found a random i found a random dungeon or like tomb that when i started investigating it just looked like a tomb but then when i got further in i discovered it that actually been taken over by a bunch of followers followers of bereth actually who instead of as, as with some crazy religious people, take some ideas in religion way, way too far. Right. And these people had seen that Berth likes death and reincarnation, but is also all about like balance and being fair and like that sort of cosmological balance. Um, they took that to mean that they should be just the cars, arbiters, and executioners for every gotcha. law and like bear as well so i'd captured a bunch of people and were beheading them at the bottom of this tomb Jesus. so i instantly just ran in and went whoa 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 guys you need to stop <laughs> this this is not either they, they screamed at me and i i basically tried to play the card of like no i'm actually like sent here by Bereth. like i'm her her arbiter in this world mm. and they all just went fuck off and charged me nice um but I, but in saving those people, I found this really old dude who is like an expert navigator and he came and joined my crew. And so it's like, it's it's this thing of like, you can explore these islands and find all these little stories like in random places that you never expect. Um, is this that, the had first... no, that had no prompting or anything. Like I just found it and it was there. Huh. Is this like the first large scale pirate RPG <laughs> that is like, I'm trying to think of something like, was Sid, oh, Meier's, Sid Meier's Pirates. That's what I was going to say. Like, it, does that have the kind of randomly generated quest stuff? That this no, does? that wasn't there. That wasn't randomly generated. That was all predetermined. Right. Was, uh, but these aren't randomly generated either. No, but they, like, they are sorry, in more, set places. But. I don't mean randomly generated. I mean just more like, like the, the accidental finding of them is the thing. Like, you just oh, come across no, this that, stuff. Sid Meier's Pirates. Sid Meier's Pirates was very regimented. It was very right. like, you have this quest, go do it. Right. Um, but this has a lot of hidden things that you could go and um, explore at your own will. Cool. It's really cool. There's a bunch of really good, cool, like uh, as with as we said already, Obsidian have like a, a 
high pedigree in this sort of game and their writing is stellar like they have all of their characters again there's a couple there's three i think returning characters right and then a bunch of new ones um all the new ones are great um they're all fantastic like the i've wrote something down uh i need to remember where i wrote it because there was a fucking there was an amazing line of dialogue and i can't remember what the fuck (laughs) it was right um I can't it was it was so you meet this like Orlan who's like the little animalistic gnome sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um who is you meet when a ship a ship boards you, but they aren't they aren't there to take you, they want you to do something for them, and he joins your crew. And he's the kind of like smooth talking Lutario piratey type. Sure. Yep. And and but and like they were I mean, this is a random conversation between two party members, and someone asked them like because he talks, if you talk to him enough, he talks about how he basically like sleeps. He's like, um, oh, what's the word? He is bisexual. That's the word. Right. Um, and has had relationships with men and women and talks about it a lot and very openly. And the priest in your party who's been very cloistered uh, talks about how he's like, oh, do you not get like bored or like sick of dealing with all the in the Lothario world and all that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. And he says, "Lass, a tongue has a tongue has over five uses, and I'm a master of all of them." So <laughs> I went, "That's fucking amazing! That's over so five, over five uses, huh. and he's a master of all of them." And I like that's that's great. I love that's that a good line. He's the best. That's a he's good so line. Good. Yeah, cool. Seraphin's awesome. So the, uh, does it do the thing where I know a lot of these games do, where there's a lot of dialogue that is dependent on who you have in your party so like your party will talk to each other depending on who you have yeah right so yeah the, the, that totally exists like that that thing i was just talking about was just happened because i had the cloistered priest and him in my right. party at, at one moment uh, they also have like a reputation sort of system between because they all have unique character traits where it's like so like the priest obviously is very religious and um is bound like duty bound and all that so she likes people who say they're gonna do things and carry it out of course but she's also very um light-hearted so she's she jokes a lot mm-hmm. so depending on what you say in discussions with people in the world she'll react differently depending on how what you're saying right so if i say a bunch of shit about how the gods suck she's gonna get really mad at me <laughs> but if i take a really serious situation and make a joke out of it she's gonna think i'm really good because she likes it when you just behave like an idiot basically right right um that's cool it's really cool and interesting because you can build a kind of weird party around it's it's good because it kind of demonstrates how people would be like people who are like thrown together in a sense of like you need to be together to go and deal with this bigger power where they all find things in each other that they can identify and see and like connect with but also can just be like no you're completely crazy like the two the my paladin and my party and the priest are both religious so they will agree with each other about the whole religion thing Mm -hmm. but the paladin is super serious and anytime uh zoti who's the priest cracks a joke she fucking stiff faces and hates it and it's great because they play off each other like that and it's it's fantastic but it just it always astounds me in these games how much writing there is in it like it just seems like so much yeah and you said like is all of it voice acted you say yeah yep wow. everything is voice acted apart everything apart from the like ship battle skill check like role play book yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that you can get 
everything else is voice acted, like That's every character. Great. That's awesome. Um, cool. They're all great. They're all fantastic. Um, yeah, nice. the game's just so good. Like, I just keep finding things that I love about it. It's it, it's, it's both a, a, an amazing tactical RPG and a very well written story. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is all I need in a game like this. Um, sure. So it's pretty great. Cool. But yeah, that's that's basically all I've been doing. So um, you can talk about your video games now. So the other thing, so I mean, the thing for both of us, is we both finished God of War, which we can't really say much about. Wait, did we not talk about that last time? Not, we hadn't finished it by the time we talked about it last oh, time. Okay. So, but like sure. th- that game's great and really. Pays oh yeah, off game's fantastic. Yeah. And really pays off its ending. I think. I think. Yep. It's... Ending ending is handled very very well. That and final I'm... boss fight is fucking incredible. And um, I'm really interested to see if we will see anything at E3 that follows on from the way that ending goes. Oh, like I a assume, DLC or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like I assume we will based on the way they left it, but... Yeah. Who knows? I um, guess so. Oh, yeah, I guess that last thing could be like the very DLC. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about the very, sure. very last thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be, I guess. That'd be so, cool. So the main thing, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is I hooked up VR again this weekend just because it had been I could always, I been could always tell when Yoon's... Struggling for games to talk about in the show because I keep seeing a bunch of fucking VR pish pop up on Steam. No, so no, like, no, no. Ah, it, he's he's grabbing at straws here. Okay, so the main the main reason I wanted to do it was because Beat Saber came out and yeah. that was a game I really really wanted to try. So Beat Saber's a VR rhythm saber game. Rhythm game. Yes, basically. So you, there's a rhythm game where you have two lightsabers and they're definitely not lightsabers, but they're entirely lightsabers. Yeah. And uh, notes can come, come down a track at you, and they're kind of color coded to your left and right hands. And they have arrows on them, which determine which way you have to slash through the block. So if it's got like a down arrow, you have to do like a, a vertical slice down, and it has like down, up, left, right. And then when you do the hard modes, like they start coming at angles and stuff like that as well. And on top of all of that, you've got um, kind of blocks that come uh, like walls, basically that come down the the tracks as well that you have to physically dodge out the road of. Um, when you start playing that game on hard like it is a fantastic feeling like when you're right in the flow of the thing where you're not quite thinking about what you're doing you're just doing it like it it's probably feel the music yeah like it's one of the yeah it's one of the most uh, kind of engaging rhythm action games I think I've played in a long time like it feels really really good to do it and when you do it right um, it looks ridiculous when you're not in VR like if you're watching someone do it they just look they just look like they're just flailing. Um, but, like, when you're actually watching it, or when you see it, like, from inside the helmet, like, it's, yeah. it's I've awesome. I've seen uh, streams of people and stuff playing it, and yeah. they just look mental while yeah. playing it. And it's, I understand it, what they're doing, because I can, you just get into it with games like that, but... Yeah. And it's, it's also, it's, it, it also seems like, especially when you're watching it from the outside, like, how anyone is supposed to see what's coming down the track but it's one of those things mm. where like you can't really get it in 2d because you need that depth to get the timings for stuff right because when you start oh, doing, sure because yeah. when you start doing like the hard levels so much stuff comes at you um your brain just kind of starts to fill in the gaps and you just start doing stuff without really thinking about it and you find you find the motions that they're trying to get you to do there's a lot of like really quick like down up strokes and stuff like that which is um which once you get the pattern feels really really good to do um yeah. and then i woke up on the sunday and every part of me hurt because i'd been doing it for that long it's like, the most the most activity you've had in a long time first every single time i do it it's yeah it's ridiculous um yeah but it, so the, the two things that really surprised me actually from vr 
um, this time around where one of the things I talked about at Game of the Year was um, obviously like um, Robo Recall was one of the best. I think it was. Yes. I think it won our VR category. Was the best VR experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of the things, we, the other things we talked about was um, Hot Dogs, Hot Shoes and Hand Grenades, which was a game that, yeah. if you haven't heard, is like, it's, it's a gun simulator, right? But yeah, they try It's a crazy realistic gun simulator that has they, all the loading they, and unloading of guns. Yeah, like they really accurately model, model weaponry and like how you load and reload it and how you yeah. manipulate them and all this kind of stuff. So one of the things that I always looked for was, I would like something in that vein with multiplayer like a death sure. basically like a deathmatch thing right where you actually have to cheat. Say, why are you not playing like that beyond or whatever it's called like the the military sim that's oh you mean onwards that. that's oh, the one we, yeah, we yeah. will we will get to onwards don't worry yeah um so the two that i played so i was hunting around for stuff and actually onward was in sale so i picked that up and the other one i picked up was it's a game called pavlov vr which um and it's both ends of the kind of first-person deathmatch spectrum, right? Where Pavlov VR is basically Counter Strike, where right, like sure. like to the point where like you hit the you hit the stick on the right um, controller and it brings up a buy menu that you buy oh, stuff. Oh, I've with. seen this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen this. Um, that thing is was the one where you could get like um, double-barreled shotguns and stuff like yes. that, like weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it 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 was. Like, it's still kind of janky, but everything it does, it does really, really well. Um, and it, it's, it feels very much like Counter-Strike. Like, there's a map that's basically the office map from Counter-Strike. Like, it's... Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it takes on a very, very different feeling when you're actually, like, swinging guns around corners and stuff like that. Like, it's it's a really good feeling thing. And they have, like, a lot of the, the, the glass and stuff is destructible. So it's... Like, when somebody sneaks up on you, it's... It's terrifying when somebody like shots to start oh, coming yeah, over sure. your head. Yeah. It's real scary. Um, but that one is definitely much more kind of action orientated. I think it's relatively yeah. cheap as well, and they're 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 working on it quite a lot. The only difference is like I'm so used to the the hot dogs controls, which has like mm. everything you need to hold on to with the grip triggers on that thing, or you're going to drop it, and you interact with stuff using other key uh, using the other buttons and this it's all like the trigger buttons so like to, to cock a pistol you grab it with the trigger sure, buttons right. so i kept doing the wrong things and just dropping my guns all the time until i learned how to do it properly um so that was the kind of counter-strike into it and then i played onward and onward is possibly the best horror game i've ever played <laughs> it is that, it's just a, it's a modern military shooter right it is just checking it is the if if Pavlov is call is Counter Strike, onward is Arma, like it's serious. Huh, okay, it's like so you have like to, to show you the kind of level of detail and they, they go into in there. You have so say you take like the M4 like as, as your main weapon as right. your rifleman. You have four magazines. An AR, as the yeah, kids call it. an AR. You have four magazines on your ch- on your belt. Right, and that's it. And you don't oh, like. Right. And if you drop a magazine, like which still has bullets in it, like those bullets are gone. Like the, they're still in the magazine, right? That you've just dropped behind you. So you're shit out of luck if you don't go pick that magazine up. So you end up doing the. You literally have to end up doing the thing where you pull the magazine out to check how many bullets you've got left in your clip and put it back in again. Um, oh really? Yeah. Cool. There is like you go down in like two hits. 
Like you do not. It is there is no there is a health system where like if you are severely hit and your vision goes kind of red blurry, you've got a syringe that can bring you back. But it takes mm. so long to get the syringe out and physically use it on yourself that you can just immediately be like swarmed yeah, in on. Um, all the guns require proper handling like you need to properly load clips and cock them and all this kind of stuff the M oh god I can never remember the name of the gun the the heavy machine gun with the box clip Um, sure that one Uh, M60 is that right something like that but like you have to flip up that thing drag the belt in click it down cock like all of that has to happen while you're under fire Um. So, oh yeah, right. Yes, you have to do belt. You have to physically like do the thing. Um, so there, there are kind of two sides to that that game. Where there's the multiplayer, which so I did the tutorial, which is pretty good now. It used to be like here's a YouTube video, but they actually have like an in-game tutorial now, which properly shows oh, how all good. this stuff works. Yeah. But um, so I did the tutorial and then jumped into multiplayer. And the way the multiplayer works is like when you spawn or when you go into a game, you start in like the, the barracks tent and you put on the helmet for whichever team you want to join and then choose your sure. loadout and all this kind of stuff. And it's got like a like a point system loadout. So you have like people can set what the maximum amount of points you have and like so you can start with the M4, but if you put a laser sight on it, that adds two points to your total. So you have you're limited in right. what you can take. Um so I was sitting in the lobby waiting and there was a game going on and the game finished up and it, and everyone's voice chat started and ah right everyone was taking this super fucking seriously like <laughs> real like mm. like the guy who the, there was it was like a one on one at the end um and the guy who got taken out like he came on and says oh fuck right here's where we got wrong like he flanked us around on the left because there's a batch of trees there that provide really really good cover and there was, a, there was a dude there was a dude on the screen that was prone and the only way you yeah. go the only way you go prone is to lie the fuck down like yeah. there is no prone the button right <laughs> yeah. so you have to lie down like they were taking it so seriously i left like i couldn't join the game i was so you intimidated yeah, by yeah. these people so i went and did like there's there's a whole bunch of solo stuff in there and they have a thing called operations which are sure. kind of linear kind of single player missions kind of so one of the missions sure. so one of the missions is a tanker mission very much like the start of call of duty two one four so i bet sorry i meant for modern warfare sorry like that yeah, was the first modern warfare yeah. it's basically yeah. that but in vr and huh, that's kind of cool it yeah. is so and they have two modes you can do it like daytime or at night so i did it at night with an M4 with a laser sight and night vision. And <laughs> it is the most tense thing I have ever fucking played. Like, not a shadow of a doubt. But when you have to physically move, you know you're down in two shots. And you can see, like, the flashlights of the people on the, the tanker, like, moving about and catching shadows ah, and shit. Sure, right. It is so tense. And it does the thing that I've seen a lot of VR games do now, which I really like, where... Um, it, the microphone is on, and if you make a noise, like your breath will like come into the game. And when you already can't see shit because you're in night vision, like your own breath obscuring your vision was enough yeah. to be like it's. So I did. I played that one a lot and never finished it. Like 
you can ne- I could never get everyone on that tanker because they have no problem like the AI's pretty good and they have no problems yeah. coming up behind you um and taking you out and it's yeah so I did that one and the other one I did was um there's a subway one where you basically start in like the back streets of like a New York or whatever and you have to make your way down into a subway and down onto a train and you basically have to just take everyone out on the way and you like I was checking corners like I was running up to corners like and like poking the gun out as you turn and I was doing everything like this is what Call of Duty has been You're trying to slice the pie. I was slicing the like I was slicing the fucking pie. It was terrifying. Yeah. And like this is what Call of Duty's been trying to emulate for years. Like this is the thing. And yeah, it was incredible. Like I, it was absolutely incredible. And it it looks pretty it good like, as well. It, it sounds like that um that classic VR thing of just having that total immersion really makes the experience for like sure it's... and like it's, it's, there's a there's a jungle map as well where sound is super important because you cannot see shit there's so much foliage ah, so you start sure. you start listening to people like crunching over leaves coming to your Breaking left branches and stuff yeah. yeah like it's it's super good and i did not expect a lot from it but yeah it's absolutely incredible it's just i i was so I had to I had to take the headset off at one point and just calm down. Like I was so yeah, involved. Yeah, sure. In I mean, I'm sure it's pretty fucking intense. Like um, it. And they have like they have a pretty wide like weapon selection in there. Like they've got a bunch of rifles. They've got shotguns. They've got machine guns. Everything everything in there. They've got properly proper modeled grenades. They've got flashbangs. They've yeah. got all this kind of stuff. So you could play it a number of different ways. And That's I cool. just want to get good enough where I can go online to that thing because I think online <laughs> that thing could be a absolute nightmare. I'm sure, um, yeah, like, it sounds like just a situation where because everybody's been playing it for so long and has taken it so much more seriously than you are. Yeah, totally, like, they're, they're just real good. And, like, totally I watched, intimidating. So yeah. when you're watching, when you're in the when you're in the barracks waiting for the game to start, you can flick through, like, the people who are actually there and, like, go into first person or third person and watch them as they're going around. Yeah. And I watched this guy, like, under fire, go backwards around behind a tree and prop, like reload a gun faster than I've ever seen anyone do it in my life before and was Jesus, just ready oh, yeah. to go. Like, oh, it was it was scary. But yeah, like, super cool. Like, more than I you expected wanna, from You want to do that and I want to do it. I want to spend more time in horseshoes and hand grenades doing those fucking trick reloads that I keep seeing people do on the internet. Yep. Where I've you done... can, like, fucking, like, flick shotgun shells in the air and catch them and flick the shot I, I, cool. I spent yeah, i can totally understand the so i got a, the that game got a big content update at the weekend as well it's like a whole bunch of new stuff in there so i was, I was messing around there and yeah i was doing fucking shotgun trick shots as well like throwing yeah. sh- throwing shells up in the air and catching them in the side of the gun and stuff like yeah it's it's, it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous yeah, it sounds like, onward sounds like a weird experience onward onward is something that everyone should try at least once, yeah. like it's. I'll, I'll, I will, I will see about it in E three times. Yeah, that might be a good time to cool. actually do it while we're while we're in between stuff. While we're um, all here, yeah. But yeah, that's kind of all I've been into um, recently. So I will, you... I will say very quickly yeah. that I've, I've started the beginning of a very, very long road and trying to understand why the fuck play people play Rainbow Six Siege. Right, because um, it was a free weekend, right? Yeah, it was a free weekend and I ended up buying it afterwards because I had a oh, bunch right. of friends that were all playing it. Um, I've played four hours of that game. Right. Or five hours of that game, roughly. I can say that that game's fucking really difficult and there's a lot 
to it and it's really intimidating at first but there's there's definitely something there you can see it like there's it's doing a lot of unique things that not a lot of other shooters are doing i mean is that um, game is that game just counter-strike is at this point no or is there something more to it than counter-strike that? whereas so counter-strike because it's just like oh it's like bomb the fusel and run and like yeah you have to worry about looking at entrances and all that sort of stuff it's kind of like that but it's it's taken to a whole other level where it's all about destructibility of environment so it's not just all horizontal it's vertical and every angle is an opportunity so it's like finding the best place to hold up and find an angle and peeking and all that stuff it's insane there's so much to understand about that game that sure is I, I can totally see why people don't want to play it like because it's mental right. but there's something there that I, ju- I need to keep going to see if I can get to it um, there's yeah there's, there's definitely something in it but yeah I, I will I will periodically come back on the show and talk cool. about my experiences with Rainbow Six. Yeah, totally. I need to. I need to see. I need to know. I've always been intrigued by that thing, and it always seems. Yeah, like that's why I did it because I need. I needed to know why it's as popular as it is. Yeah, so it's, it's cool. interesting. Um. So yeah, for but yeah, I think so. We'll have musical break. Yeah. Um. So I'm continuing the tradition. We seem to be where I'm picking music from a game that we haven't actually played yet. Yes. Um. Yes. I do own it. I have. I have bought it. I just haven't had a chance to play it yet. Um, so this is a track from a game called The Red Strings Club, which is a... Oh, this is that um, story game, right? I can't... Uh, wow, way to be reductionary right. for every fucking video game ever. No, yes, this like, game is a... Yes. It's a 2D... It's like a visual novel, right? Isn't it? No, it's an adventure game. It's a, like a 2D adventure game. Oh, okay, sure. Um, it's, a, um, it's from the people who did um, Gods Will Be Watching. Oh, it's this thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Um, so I like just the 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 line from the Steam page is the Red String Club is a cyberpunk narrative experience, but fate and happiness, featuring extensive use of pottery, bartending, and impersonating people on the phone to take down a corporate conspiracy. Um, sure, it's like a cyberpunk game. Yeah, it was on sale, and I pick, I'd been meaning to pick it up for a while, so I have it. I just haven't had a chance to start it yet. But the soundtrack's real good from it, so I'm going to take a track from that. So this is. Uh, machine learning from the Red Strings Club uh, soundtrack. Uh, check the post for lists of where you can pick this up, and we'll be back with some news right after this. Machine Learning from the Red Strings Club soundtrack. Uh, check the post for lists of where you pick that soundtrack up. I'm looking forward to getting into that game. Apparently it's like a good solid yeah. couple hours of, of, of cool cyberpunkness. Weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Um, so some news where, even though we missed the week, um, there's not a huge amount, because I assume people are keeping stuff from E3, but we can cover... Yes, um, cover some of the times when E3 uh, lockdown happens, and in a couple of weeks E3 leaks start <laughs> happening, so... It's... Or or they start, like, last week, like, what happened? Yeah, there's also a few last week, yeah. <laughs> so... It's weird that one of the things most talked about directly before E3 is a game called Rage 2, but here we fucking are, yeah. so... So, for people who haven't seen the story of how all this started, um, was it Walmart Canada broke all this? Yeah, I think that sounds right, yeah. So basically, Walmart Canada put up a bunch of, like, um, uh, work-in-progress box shots of a bunch of games that were completely... Um, literally just black black boxes with right right with game on names on it and a lot of it was stuff like yeah. that people are expecting like borderlands 3 and like hey there's a new need for speed yeah. this year and all this kind of stuff but one of the things yeah. one of the boxes there was rage 2 and every like rage rage 2 is a game that you cannot make up <laughs> like that either has to exist or somebody's fucked up really badly yeah so um a big not, part not a lot of people remember the original rage no because it was very 7 out of 10 at the time. Yeah. I seem to it, remember. It was, a, it was kind of a technical masterpiece, but as a game, it was not that great. Um, yeah. So th- these box shots up, somebody said, Rage 2, of course the thing's not going to be real. And then Rage 2 got announced because people were talking about it. So Rage 2 is a thing that's happening. There's a gameplay trailer out there. Um, yep. It looks like Borderlands, Borderlands. and Doom... <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, a bit of bullet storm in there, and, and they basically they seem to have taken the big complaint from the first game, which was everybody said it was very grey and took itself too seriously, mm. uh, and injected some character into it, which yeah. I'm all for. Like more character in video games is great. I, th- I think it says uh, a lot about whether you'll be interested or not. Where it's the Just Cause Three team that are working on it, so yes, that should or, be or sorry, it's that studio. I'm not sure if it's that, that team, yeah. but it's that studio. So. I big. hope that the the just cause sensibilities show through, and they just let you do wacky shit. That would be good. Yep. What I really uh, want is that fucking grappling hook in every game. That would be great. That grab. Yes. Fly around. Yep. More of that. But would you do it in first person, or would that just make you throw up everywhere? I don't know, to be honest. But I suppose uh, like it was I kind of fun. Bioshock got away with it. I suppose with the the hook shot, not the hook shot. What was it called? The thing you used to travel the around. Skyhook. 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 Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks interesting. There's gameplay up, um, and I quite like how Bethesda were very kind of like, yeah, fine. Like their their tweet was like when they put up their initial teaser trailer, they were like, hey, there's a gameplay trailer tomorrow, even if it might leak early. Like they know exactly what happened. They're just like, right, fine, okay, yeah. Let's do they, they they let into it in the right way, which was like, yeah. which is disappointing. Kind of like, yeah, everybody knows it's happening. It's happening. It's fine. Which is interesting because um, it adds another thing to what Bethesda will be showing at E3. Like I assume this was going to be their big surprise and yeah maybe because i don't know what else apart from the prey dlc like i don't know what else they're going to be doing i do what yeah i don't want to know about that pre dlc yeah. uh, they'll the fucking they'll announce uh what's next elder scrolls 6 or something i don't know that you think do you think this is an elder scrolls year do you think this is where it well they seem, they seem to like rotate and fallouts and then elder scrolls is oh. i'd fallout 4 was like two years ago so yeah true true Okay, Nature would yeah. dictate to say that it would be Elder Scrolls Six, and I don't know which continent is left uh, to go to. But oh right, yeah, huh. who who cares? Yeah, Skyrim sold a bunch of money, so everybody's just chomping at the bit for more <laughs> Elder Scrolls. 
I do yeah. really want to know what a pre DLC is, though. That would be yeah, cool. like all the rumors. The only rumors that are going around appear to be it's that it's set on the moon. Yeah, that's about yeah. all people know. Um, the only thing I can, the only thing left I can say about that Rage Two trailer is that they used an Andrew WK song, and that's uh, Liberally, a bold yeah. choice. Yep, yeah. yep. It sets the tone for that thing pretty. pretty it does, pretty yeah. Well. Um. So what else we got here? So, so actually, Microsoft had a couple of really good. Uh, had a good couple of weeks actually, um, where um, they unveiled their accessibility, uh, the adaptive controller. Sorry, the Xbox adaptive controller, yeah. which is their yeah. kind of accessibility for people with um, various disabilities, and it's a control. It's a controller that allows people to people who need extra peripherals to operate whatever games they uh, to operate controllers in whichever way works for them. Um, yeah. they are putting out this official thing. Um, it looks really cool. Like, actually, it looks like a really cool controller. Like, even without all the additional stuff, it just looks really fucking weird, and I like it. Yeah, and I, I like that you, um, you described it as the biggest dive kick controller. It's, you've ever yeah, seen. so for people who haven't seen it, it's like a it's a rectangular controller with like a D pad, the the menu buttons, and just two giant buttons, which yeah. look like those dive kick controllers that people were were showing off. Um, yeah, when dive kick was first coming out. Um, but the thing is, it's got nineteen. Um, three and a half mil jacks along the top of it, which is the standard input for um, accessibility controls. So, like, they all sure. use three and a half mil jacks. Um, so, like, so you can put anything into any of the buttons that you would normally have on a controller and operate it however you need to. Oh, that's good. Um, it's a really cool thing for a couple of reasons. Like, one that Microsoft put a bunch of money into this thing, which is like not obviously a mainstream product but they put a bunch of time like a lot of the people said like this is like two years worth of work in this thing um and also it was cool to i was listening to the guy who or the lead designer on the thing the, the product lead for it who said like yeah we wanted to make it look like an xbox controller like we didn't want it to make it look like some extra like we wanted to make it look part of the xbox family as if it's just like it's right. just another controller which is a thing that a lot of people have said like no this is the thing we want because we don't want some like weird looking controller because it's it very much others people who have to use that controller but having it look like an actual xbox controller is a super cool decision and it looks really nice and it's 99 dollars, which is also kind ah, it's of, not bad yeah which is actually kind of nuts considering how expensive controllers like that are in a, yeah the super speciality controller yeah and um, it is uh yeah considering the xbox elite controller is 150 dollars like yeah they put, they put some work into this thing. Um, and also, um, you can now... Uh, Microsoft are the first of the, the big three consoles to allow game gifting, which is now a thing. So you can so, buy games for other people? or And you can send games to other people. Now, Ew. there are yeah. some restrictions, of course. So all Xbox One games are now giftable. Uh, PC games on the Microsoft Store can be purchased and sent to friends and family. The only thing it doesn't apply to are 360 and Xbox original games. So when you sure. find a game, you can just, like buy as a gift and then you can gift it to other people. So there are a couple of restrictions. Um, gifting full-priced games is unlimited. Two discounted games can be gifted within a 14-day period and only 10 overall. And also the games can only be redeemed in the country they're purchased in. So there's a couple of restrictions. But... Um, Oh, sorry. No, it's not actually. It, yeah, it's gifting. It's not trading. Sorry, I misread that. It is actually gifting, so you can buy stuff for other people, um, which is cool. Like rather than like saying like here's a PSN card to do your stuff, like physically send the game to people, which is cool. Yeah. 
Um, there's a nice little, like it, it's cool to see that Microsoft are still like they're turning away doing their like doing the doing the stuff they need to do to make themselves put themselves forward and kind of continually improve considering they're not at the forefront of um forefront of the console market right now <laughs> but it's good to see right. that they're at least trying yeah that's good um and then the last bit of microsoft news there's a halo arcade cabinet coming which okay, okay. i didn't expect i'll send you the pictures of this in chat for a second while i'm reading this sure um this is halo fireteam raven it is a um 130 inch 4k stream that lets four people oh, fight covenant um, it's set between a time frame of the original Halo, and it is. Oh, it's Time Crisis. Okay, it's Time Crisis, but you have like a gun on a spindle. The same. Yeah, like, it's um, like that um, Alien game. That's what it is. Yes, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but yes, it's kind of like that Alien game. Um, this was not huh, because because cool. like, why are they like? Who makes arcade games anymore? Yeah, that's exa- weird. Exactly right. Um, yeah. So the other thing as well, like, uh, this is from the Polygon, the Verge article, sorry. Um, gamers can even scan a QR code to connect their arcade gameplay with their online Halo Waypoint service. So it, like, you can sync your progress to your account, your Halo account, and okay. shit like that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, I miss the days of uh, arcade, like, what are they calling in V-cards? The, like, weird Mario yeah. Kart things that you yep. can get. QR cards. Yeah. Uh, not QR cards. Um, QR cards. What's the word? Fuck. Can't remember. But yes, I know you can't remember. Um, it will be in Dave and Buster's in the US and Canada this summer, and we'll expand to more arcade, lo- arcade locations later in the fall. I want to play this thing, cool. just because it seems fucking yeah, that seems weird. cool. Be interesting. Yep. Uh, Bosky Games has shut down. Uh, yeah. Bosky Games of Cliff Blazinski fame. Um, Lawbreakers. Lawbreakers and. What was that Battle Royale game? They put Radical out? Heights. Radical Heights, which was out for about yeah. three weeks and the, as an early access thing. Yeah. Um, did not do well for them. Did not do well for them. So it seems like they're, the, the, the studio was shutting down and Blazinski is moving away from games for a while. So Yeah, fair. We'll see what happens. Well, it's a lucky for him that it didn't go his way. but Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. But not much you can really do. Um, it's not much, yeah. If people did, like put out a multiplayer game like that is kind of dangerous because if you don't get the player, like the consistent player base, you need to keep that thing yeah, going. They then... kind of, they kind of jumped. I don't want to say from fad to fad, but you get the idea of like trying to hit the popular multiplayer genre at the time. So like they tried to do Lawbreakers when Overwatch was huge, and then right. they tried to do Radical Heights when. Fortnite and PUBG were huge. I mean, everyone and can... Especially, especially in those genres where it's the hotness, you really, really have to nail it yeah. and get a, a big player base going to compete in any way, and they just didn't do that. And I mean, everyone um, kind of expect... Everyone kind of assumed that Radical Heights was like kind of a last hurrah, like this is our last chance, but for it to also be... Because it was a Battle Royale game and it was super early, yeah. like it seemed like this was them just going like, we need to get capital in to be able to keep to keep going. Um, yeah. And it just didn't seem to... It had some cool ideas, it seems, but it just didn't... It didn't keep them going. So, yeah. Um, the Nintendo Switch Online service uh, got announced. Well, I mean, it's been announced for a while, but they got some more details about it, which is the... Um, the subscription online service that you will need to play any Switch games online, including oh, Splatoon yeah. and 
Arms and the new the new Smash Brothers game when that comes out. And probably the new Smash Brothers game. They haven't said that, but probably. It's Putin uh, Two Arms and and Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, which is the one that people will probably actually be really pissed about. Yeah. Um so this is from the, the Verge article, which ran down a bunch of the stuff. Um, features like voice chat will continue to be offered through the smartphone app because... Great. Right. Everybody loves that. Um, however, they, ha- uh, they have confirmed CloudSave support, but only through this service. So Yeah, you, you have to pay for it, and it's only for specific games, right? It's not it's, every game. Yeah, it's not at the system level. Like Games have to still support it. Yeah. So I assume everyone will, but... The fact that it's one of those things which is like, yeah, the games still need to patch themselves probably to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so pricing, uh, it goes live in September. It is $3.99 a month. Uh, three months is $7.99 and a year is $19.99. There's also a $34.99 option, which is a family plan that works across eight accounts. So Eight accounts? Okay. Eight accounts. And that doesn't have to be on the same Switch either, as I discovered. There was some stuff. So if you have... So what would you need to, so in order for that to make sense, you need to have at least a minimum of four, no, 14, <laughs> like you would need about four people for it to be yeah. worth the money. So to be viable or not, um, cheaper than a, an account for just yourself. Exactly. But it is account based. So does that mean that if you have two accounts on a switch, they would both need to have online to be able to can the accounts be on multiple switches yes they can they confirmed that it's bound to your nintendo account not a switch so how does that work for purchases and stuff how do you mean i get well uh uh-huh so is it is the is the family plan just you set this thing up to then flag these eight accounts as having the service i think accounts are still totally unique yes they are totally account yes it's literally just like these eight accounts all share the same online features right okay basically sure it's kind of like the okay. it's it's kind of like the spotify family thing where everyone has right. their own spotify account with their own playlists and their own whatever but you just pay once and you share it across that um that's not terrible yeah okay. and they also announced the nes games the library of nes games that are coming to the switch with online compatibility and voice chat um, there will be 20 games at launch with the following 10 confirmed Balloon Fight Donkey Kong Dr. Mario Ice Climbers Legend of Zelda Mario Brothers Soccer Super Mario Brothers Super Mario Brothers 3 and Tennis sure. um, okay. and there are um, and also Kotaku got a quote from Nintendo saying um, there are currently no pr- plans to bring classic games together under the virtual console banner as has been done on other Nintendo systems yeah, it sounds like they're distancing themselves from Virtual Console. Which, I mean, it's one of two things, right? Either that's a really roundabout way of saying, like, we're bringing it, but we're not calling it Virtual Console, or we're just not doing that anymore. Um, yeah, we'll need to see. But And also, it doesn't know, we don't quite know if that NES stuff is, like, it's going to go on a monthly cycle, so you'll get these 20 games this month, and then these 20 games next month, or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot still unknown, but well, got, like with a lot of their internet things, Nintendo are very bad of explaining it. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I have here, Black Ops Four got its big announcement. Um, oh yeah, all this presentation. Stuff. So I watched that thing yeah. because I, I know I wanted to know, and I think up- I was busy, but I would have watched it. Yeah, it was interesting, right? Where I went back and watched it, but yeah, yeah. so it was interesting because the things going into this were. There's the rumor is there's not going to be a single player campaign, 
and um, nobody quite knows when Bar it's going to be set. And it's, yeah, Battle Royale, and nobody quite knows when it's going to be set. So the answer to those yeah. questions are, there is a Battle Royale mod. They announced it. It's called... Um, yep. Blackout. Blackout. They did not yes. show any of it, which... No. I thought they showed, was... the, they showed the the same thing that PUBG showed, which was like a high rise building with like people falling out of windows and people repelling into windows and yeah. other people shooting shotguns at each other. It's that sort of idea. The, the, the voiceover fact... saying, "This is not like your other battle royales. Yeah. This is Call so, of Duty battle royale." It appears to be the way that people are. This I I am willing to bet money that this is going to be the way that other companies are going to pitch their battle royale modes. Is this is battle royale but done like X. So, like, yeah. the, th- the thing they kept saying all the time is this is Battle Royale, but done Black Ops style. That's how this yeah. is going to be pitched for everyone. I, that th- is, yeah, that's probably how they have to do it to stop people from going, well, it's just Fortnite, isn't right. it? Right. Um, yeah. The fact they did not show any in-game stuff from that mode for a game coming out in October is really fucking weird. Like, that thing. Yeah. So, either, so one of two things. Either they're saving that for the PlayStation stage at E3, or... Mm-hmm. That thing is coming in super hot. <laughs> One of those two things. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was coming in super hot, considering yeah. like they went, Christ, Fortnite's popular, we should do that. Yeah, and just exactly. tried to make it work. So the other thing, um, so there is no single player campaign. Instead, they are um, putting narrative stuff in the multiplayer and the zombies mode. Um, I So the, the zombies has kind of, always had a story air quotations like there's always been a an overarching story to the maps for the black ops stuff yes yeah but then this one actually looks like it has more than that like i saw the the trailer actually was pretty cool the trailers were really good so they're they're, they're shipping with i think they said three they called them experiences but like in in terms of zombies that means like it's a it's like three scenarios basically where one of them is like the titanic one of them is, oh god, what was the other one? The other one was like a kind of gladiatorial, like kind of ancient Roman almost um, scenario, and the third one is a remake of one of the other zombies maps. Um, sure, but the, the the whole thing they were talking about with this one is like it's a it's new characters, it's a new storyline, like they're doing a whole new different thing for zombies, and it seems like they're putting a bunch of story into this thing. Um, and it's so, actually you said sounds the writer super was interesting. From Glasgow, right? Yeah, like like the fact that they they said, "Hey, we're going to talk about the zombie modes," and to talk about it, here is the lead writer for zombies, and the dude came out, yeah. and he was this Glaswegian dude who was super excited about zombies. I was like, Good "Okay, sure, yeah, go for it." Um, it was interesting. Like, I kind of want to see what it's like. I kind of want to see what to do with it, but having three scenarios at launch seems slight. Let's say. Well, considering um, that most of them are normally one, that's not bad. Really? So, like... There's not, it, there's not normally a zombies mode. Like, it's just a map. No, but, like, maps... As far as I, as like, far as I know, anyway. Like, one map? Yeah. Okay. Maybe... I, I don't know. I as haven't played I'm, one. As far as I'm aware, they, are, they normally ship with one map. Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. But they're shipping with three. So, there you go. Uh, and also, the multiplayer has a bunch of narrative in it as well. And it seems like the multiplayer is going down the Rainbow Siege route where they have characters with powers or with, with abilities basically um yeah so it's kind of somewhere in between overwatch and, and siege um it seems like it, it looks a lot like black ops uh it looks like black ops like sure. Duty, but with that kind of leaning to it and um, it definitely seems like they're focusing more on teamwork and 
communication and like working together to get to to win um i it says a lot about how disconnected i am from the call of duty fan base where there was a section of that presentation where they were talking about multiplayer which says like where they basically stood in front of everyone and said is there going to be jump jets and they put a massive no up on behind the screen no and no jump jets and the entire crowd fucking lost their shit you're like yeah okay like sure okay um they ref- the the phrase they continually used was this is 100% boots on the ground which is simultaneously made me throw up a little bit and actually kind of appreciate the marketing of that but um yeah, they're, they're, so they're removing all I, the... Yeah, people, people really didn't like... The, the online people really didn't like that whole exosuit yeah. jump jet thing. Yeah. So it's, it, did seem like, it did seem, seem like the last Black Ops was very much a fuck Titanfall approach. Yeah. Um, and when they were doing the multiplayer stuff, I was watching the YouTube chat, and a lot of people were not happy. So it is still, in terms of setting, that bit is still... It's not modern day and it's not future. It's like near future or like... It's like five years in the future, future, sure, as opposed future. to like distant future. Um, and a lot of people current were... Current future. Current future. Um, a future lot of people, actual. A lot of people were still super pissed, it seems. Um, so, well, that it's not set that it's five not, days ago or something yeah, like that. Yeah, kind of. That seemed to be... like I was. Wow. It, it was very unclear as to what people actually wanted, but um, they didn't want that, it seems. But I, I don't know. Sure. Like people, It was a YouTube chat on a live stream, right? People were just probably uh, fucking... That's, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, People were probably just being angry. Um, I don't know. It's I, I haven't played a Call of Duty in a while. Um, no, but you. this is the, the bit like you only ever play them for the single player and you're not getting to do so that that's this the, year. So like... If we do end up playing it, like I'll play the zombies mode and see what the narrative stuff in that is. So there's also sure. the narrative stuff in multiplayer is operations. So each one of the characters has their own like mission, which goes into a bit of their backstory and has a bit of like kind of overarching narrative stuff in it as well. So it still doesn't feel like it definitely feels like less content than a standard Call of Duty game, but the separation between the stuff in there feels like it's like three small games as opposed to one overarching game like the zombies and multiplayer could not be more different so it's a package but whether it's going to be worth the full price without the single player stuff who knows maybe the battle royale will be enough don't know i mean the people that the people that care really only do care about the multiplayer modes so it's not i don't think it's that big a deal (laughs) probably not probably not um, yeah. hopefully we'll get to play it we'll see uh, October 12th that game comes out uh, that is everything I have oh no sorry the last thing the No Man's Sky update um, yeah next or whatever it's called next so it's July 24th which is the date it's coming out next Xbox One and No Man's Sky is getting actual proper multiplayer with actual proper people that you can see in the world and run around and build bases and race shit and do all that kind of stuff it sure. is very unclear as to... So it's a free update for everyone who already has it. Um, it is very unclear cool. as to whether that is the entire contents of the update or whether there's more, but... The, the I, thing- I think, that, I think if, if there is more, I think they're still focusing on the right thing. That's what the, the main thing that people were pissed off was, was the whole, like, there's not actually multiplayer in this game. Right. So they're finally solving so, that problem. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Um, there's no footage or anything of it. It's very much like all of this came from like an inside Xbox video that Sean Murray was getting interviewed on, and he said, "Yeah, this is what this is what it's going to be." 
So sure. I, yeah. I mean, at least they weren't like so downhearted by the response. They just stopped. But... Oh, I'm sure they. I'm like, I would not have blamed them to be honest if yeah, they just yeah. gone. Like, no, 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 I, I, I totally would have been understood if they just went. Now nah, we're done and stopped. But yeah. they didn't, which is good because that, that. I feel like that game could have had potential if it was just different. Yeah. It's... If they, if they pitched it differently, I think it would have solved a lot of the problems. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything else. Mm. I can think of now. Cool. So what we got coming out in the next couple of weeks? State of Decay is on Friday. State of Decay 2. Yeah, I may or may not check that game out. I'm not yeah, sure. I have been watching it. It does look really interesting, but... Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I, I can't tell. I'll need, to see, I'll need to see some of the actual reviews about it. I've seen a lot of streams and stuff about with it, and... Yeah. It seems kind of up my alley, but also it might just take all of my time and... Sure. Don't know. And then Detroit comes out next week, and we've talked on oh, that. Christ, okay, yeah. No, sorry, sure. that comes out on Friday as well. Sorry, my bad. Oh, God. Right. Um, I don't know if I'm ready for another David Cage game. So We talked about this last week. Like, I'm, I'm giving it a pass yeah. for now until the reviews come out at the bare minimum. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's fair. We'll... we'll yeah, and then if there's any more comments on their all their other shit that's happening in that studio... Um, that's kind of the big things it looks like um, yes. slowing down for E3 I guess probably Vita version of Stardew Valley <laughs> good that game should be on as many platforms as can handle <laughs> and Steam World Dig 2 for the Switch is also this week that game's already out on the Switch maybe it's coming out on PS4 I don't know there's a listing here for sure for Switch and PS4 sure I don't know. Anyway, um, in terms of site stuff, uh, there's a Frostpunk video that will be going up the day after you hear this, so Wednesday, and yeah. probably Pillars of Eternity will be Friday or Saturday. Um, yeah, sounds right. I am looking forward to getting into Red String Club, which I've only to have a look at, and trying to finish a game of Frostpunk, because I'm st- continuing to be massively unsuccessful <laughs> at that thing. the game yet. Nope. That thing is brutal. That okay. thing is absolutely brutal. Uh, yeah, 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 I like it. It looks totally insane. Um, <laughs> so don't blame you. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, are you more Pillars of Eternity, really? Yep, more Pillars of Eternity, Rainbow Six Siege. Right. Trying to understand what the fuck that game is. But, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so yes, GamingInterstart.com is the name of the website where you can find all of our stuff, all our videos, articles, and podcasts will be up there. Um, we are on YouTube co- youtube.com slash gaming to start. You can subscribe there and get notified when we put new videos up. We are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search gaming to start, you'll find us on there. Podcast at gaming is the email address. And that's everything. Enjoy whatever you're playing, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.